0: Thank you guys for joining us again here with Pursuit of Purpose. And I am Robbie. And I'm Chuck. And today we're gonna talk to you about an interesting topic. Uh, We're gonna talk about love and hate, how they're related to one one another, and the meaning of the two different words, and how we use them to one another and on one another. Mm -hmm. Right, Chuck? Right. So I'll let you get started in the discussion. Uh, with a little bit of knowledge or understanding, wisdom, experience, whatever you want to use, Mm -hmm. talking about the word love. Hmm. Thank you, Rob. Uh,
1: Well, the first thing I would say is, and this is just in my years of experience, love is a life word. Okay. uh, As opposed to hate, which is more of a death word. Now, I think those can be used in healthy ways, even the death word, friends, but that would be, I think, my my first brick I would lay is, there's life and then there's death and there's reasons for both.
0: Okay, okay. So if love and hate are life and death words, so when I tell you I hate you, what am I saying? If you hate a person? Yeah. Well, I will say, say this, and this comes
1: from the counseling side of me, friends, I can't have a thought or a feeling about anybody else that I haven't already had for myself. That is impossible. It's got to come from a source. Yeah. So if I tell someone I hate them, this is the counselor side of me listening. I'm now curious, what do they hate about themselves? What do they wish could go away? What do they wish they could put to rest? Or to put a little bit of kind of an emphasis, what do they wish they could kill? Like I don't like that about me. So maybe I see that in that person or maybe that person's character is drawing it out of me and I don't
0: like that. And is it possible that maybe they're saying, I wanna kill what you represent inside of me? Yes, I would perfectly go with that. Okay, so that's, that's really fascinating. So what does love have to do with all these feelings that we all talk about? Like, Like for instance, somebody that's in high school You know, a young 17, 16, 17, 18 year old girl and boy, they look at each other and they are in love with each other. What does it mean to be in love? How can you be in love? What does that mean? Uh, Any idea? Well,
1: I, I would think that when we're talking about those adolescent years, I think that they're having a ton of different sensations and they don't really know what to call it because there's probably few if any people on the planet that experience what they would call love at those young ages, and that's really what they meant. Because to truly be in love, like let's say uh, the birth of a child, what am I really saying? Of course I love them, but what am I really saying? And I think there's deeper
0: words, like for example, I'm committed. Yes, well, I think, and, and because I, I mean, I, I'm a dad, and you're a dad mm-hmm. and I've been around my own kids and I've been around a lot of other people's kids and I've heard them all say it I think what they're doing is they're correlating emotional feelings to the word love and interestingly enough feelings always lie yes so how could love be related at all to a feeling it, I don't think I don't think love could be
1: unless love comes with 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 an evidence, an evidential association. Something has to be real, right? Like a real person, right? Or uh, a a real pursuit or a real conclusion. And I have a a, a passion, I guess, could be an emotional consequence, but I can have passion for
0: lots of things that aren't even good for me. That's where addictions come from. Well, one interesting thing that I see uh, and that I challenge my kids and other young people that i hear talk about the word love i challenge people to measure everything by the results it produces yes so you mentioned earlier that love is a life word right yes so if love is a life word what is life life is the results of living your body is animated as a result of living yes so you possess inside of you this spiritual nature The divine spark that produces in you, the ability to breathe and your heartbeat and your brain think, and you can produce and create of yourself. You can make things happen. So those emotional feelings have no ability to produce any positive results. What do they produce? Have you ever thought about
1: that? What do emotional things produce? Well, as you're describing it, what I seem to be hearing is actually that is a result itself. That love feeling is a result of what this whole being has managed to uh, to achieve or conclude. And then it comes back to me in love. Now, maybe that is an emotional energy to push me forward to keep going, right. but it was still a result.
0: It wasn't there first. Okay, But well, what I see in these young people, and we're going we're gonna to move on from this, but what I see in these young people are these, these feelings, and they lean into the feelings, and they produce chaos. They don't produce any positive results or order in themselves, those yes. feelings. Yes. Uh, and typically, they push themselves and each other towards decisions that have results that are never good. Right. At that young of an age. Right. So it would be more likely that those feelings are seeking, they are seeking order in themselves. It's yes. not really that they're loving or committed to that person outside of them.
1: Correct. Because chaos, the way I kind of come to have come to understand it, just reading and listening and talking like we do, is chaos, It. it implies a lack of healthy containment. It's just, it's chaotic. It's wherever it wants to go. It has no order, it has no direction, it has no purpose. It's its 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 almost like unchanneled water. It's just gonna go where it's gonna go. But what love, which hopefully is a commitment word, yes. starts to confine this yes. into a direction. Confine and refine. And refine as yes. it goes, absolutely. And there's energy. And anyway, I guess there can be energy and chaos, but when is energy? It's at not its, a positive. It's anymore. not a positive. When is it at its best? So these kids who are experiencing love in their teens, let's say they come with some value uh, a contribution toward the relationship. Could be something from a family value or maybe a, uh, a, uh, a, maybe a religious type value or something along those lines. Now they're bringing that into the emotional experience. There's your confinement. There's your channel, and that's typically where you get better results, better friendships, better communication, better productivity, and then maybe eventually those better
0: relationships. Okay. So back to our, where we were earlier. You mentioned that love is a word or a a, a life word. Yes. Love in it is life. Yes. Right. That's what you said earlier. Mm-hmm. So if love is life. Life, as we know it, is that, as we discussed, the divine spark, yes, right? Yes, the divine spark. We, were, we are created in the image of our creator. Yes. Right? Yes. So, if you're a biblical person, if you believe in the Bible, and, and I do, but if you are a, a Christian of that nature, then you would understand the Bible says, in the beginning, there was the Word, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And the Word was with God, mm-hmm. and the Word... Was God. And it also says, the Bible says, that God is love. Yes. So if God is love. The same author, by the way. John. Yeah. So if God is love, there was no mention of feeling in there at all, right? Yeah. No. It, it's a being, it's an is. God is then commitment. Yes. God is then choice God love life is in essence free will yes or the ability to make choice and commitment right so then in correlation if you break that down through everything we just discussed and I would love to have a Bible scholar come come on the show and discuss this with us if we're wrong I mean if not please follow and like the show and share it with your (laughs) friends but if this all breaks down the way I believe it to, mm-hmm. and I'm no I'm no theologian by any stretch, but if that's the case, then love is choice and the commitment to that choice. Yes. So when you say you love your child, mm-hmm. you are illustrating with your words, mm-hmm. I am committed with all my life to my child. Yes. That is my choice. Yes which
1: implies a future tense. So if I love this this parent child situation that I have this relationship then by choosing every day making a conscious choice in love in that is experience I'm moving it forward. And and therefore I expect it to have all of its positive consequences. I expect there to be growth, I expect there to be productivity, I expect to have a child who eventually loves themselves, loves that entity that's already in there to become their own creator. And they do, some of the material that you and I have been in talk about these children who, who tell stories and put on productions and they take crayons and they draw on walls and we get upset and we're like, well, hold on a minute. Yes, we'll teach them not to tear up the property, but look at that. That's life, yes. that's love, that's creation. Yes, it's a mess, we'll clean it up. We'll teach them later that- But it was a form of expression. But it was a form of expression. And this is what we're doing in the, whether it's direct or indirect,
0: Love is that expression. So, we teach our children to feel. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? Yes. They know how to love. Yes. But we teach them that love correlates to feelings. Yes. I don't believe that they would naturally develop that on their own. Okay. Uh, I believe that a child would love and want love naturally, instinctively. Yes. And I believe that the results, like love is results driven. Would you agree with that? Yes. So in childlike terminology, like from a baby, Mm -hmm. a baby only has one language, right? Mm -hmm. They either cry or they don't cry. Right. Right. One or the other. (laughs) So in order for a baby to get what it wants, it cries, whether it's in pain, it's dirty, it's hungry, Mm -hmm. whatever the baby wants, Mm -hmm. it cries with the expectation that its loving parent will provide mm-hmm. its need. Yes. It's very like simple. It's all results driven. Yes. So that baby only sees love in those results. Yes. Discomfort, it gets comfort. And the language is all the same. So what is so going back to our origin
1: words yes. for this conversation is love and hate. Is the child hating in that moment? I mean, Possibly because the child wants to kill or get rid of this uncomfortable feeling. Yes. It may not have all the fancy skills we have with language and tech and what have you, but the child's expressing itself. Yes. And it is communicating to its parent to basically solve or solution, solve the problem. Now, does it understand the word love? No. But does no. it possibly understand that it is loved? Sure. Is it, is it because of a feeling, though? No, it's an understanding. The child looks up and sees this parent and understands, if I express that my
0: need, that need will be met. That's right. That's right. So, the child may be experiencing pain. It may be experiencing hunger. And those feelings would then generate confusion or chaos in the child because the child doesn't know How to answer it in itself. Right. So the child wants order and not the chaos. Yes. So the love or order comes from the parent. Yes. So in correlation to what you just said about it hates the experience that it's in Mm -hmm. and desires the love. So then chaos would then equal hate. Yes. Based on that, you know, analogy or description.
1: So chaos In and of itself is the maybe the prerequisite for solicitation. If I'm going to solicit uh, information, if I'm gonna solicit solution, and, and we've talked about this on other occasions, how we are these born problem solvers. That's what we're designed to do. And so what do we do? We take we make order out of chaos. Yes. And, and we make a life out of death, if you will. That's what we do. So if there is this, this unsolicited, cha- uh, 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 I'm sorry, this, this chaotic moment that needs its conclusion, it needs its order, then the child starts to express that. And the reason I like to think that we talk a lot about children is because we are basically just older incarnations of the same existence. This is why we are commanded, if you were we're told, be like a child, be like a child, meaning, express your need for solution. Now, most of us will look inward or look to information. We obviously won't look to our parents forever, but we learn how to parent ourselves to find that saying self-love. And we're all about self-love here on
0: Pursuit of Purpose. That's the whole point. That's right, that's right. So bringing everything together, just to kind of, kind of tie it up nicely with a bow in this kind of respect, in this analogy where we've talked about the baby, chaos equals hatred Mm. and love equals order Mm -hmm. right yes and nowhere in any of that discussion was there brought in emotions correct so the fascinating thing is that as we grow in our environment we are taught that our emotions are the driving force behind love or that they are required in order to feel Love. Right. But the truth is, the two are unrelated. Mm. And in fact, based on, on everything I've ever studied or learned, emotions are more closely related to hate mm. than love because they produce chaos in their results. Yes, they do because
1: there really aren't sustenance. There's no, there's no substance to an emotion Right, uh, people give it a lot of credibility, and we have uh, lots of folks in our society. Whole generations try to process the world based on how they feel about it. Right, and that's just why it either nothing gets done or chaos continues. So eventually, someone with a more solution-based concept has to come in, create. A solution and apply it so when we're talking about being uh, created in an image you have a creator and then he actually sent a messenger just like the child sending a message to the parent I'm sending you a message the cry the cry that something needs to be done and then that spiritual component call it whatever you want it's in us and it's in our Creator so there's your three parts of the image so That is the connectedness. It's the conduit. That's the spiritual part. But the message has to be sent to and from down through that, that spiritual connectedness. My soul talks to their soul. Exactly. Like relating to a spouse or a child or a friend. But it started in the creator moment. So nowhere in any of that was emotion. Exactly. All
0: that was was a result. Now, just to be clear, nowhere in this discussion are we downplaying the value of Uh, Let's call it uh, an intuition or a gut feeling because that is also not necessarily at all related to an emotion. Right. So that's not an undervalued or devalued thing in this discussion. Right. Uh, I I just wanted to throw that out there because a lot of times people feel a certain way, like a child will fear someone and no one knows why. Right. That's not emotional. That's an in-tuned spirit that realizes something's unsafe, Yes, that's not emotional.
1: Yes, but, so, but based on a lot of evidence yes. that they may not fully understand, exactly. they just realize, like maybe it's an expression from an adult, maybe they're talking to a parent or a coach and they're like, okay, they seem, the ways I'm interpreting, they seem to be upset with me. I was talking to someone earlier today, as a matter of fact, about communicating with their dog. He said, I can say all kind of mean things to my dog and call my dog a lot of mean names because maybe my dog made a mess. But if I say it in a sweet way, the dog is just wagging his tail because it's thinking, I don't know, but I'm getting the positives. But I can call my dog ugly names. I'm sorry. I can say sweet names to it, but say it in a mean way, you know, like, you, you know, and the dog cowards, even though my words are actually positive. He said I do that to my dog all the time just to mess with it, just to, just to test to see is that really how it works? And it is. The message is lost inside the method. The method that's exactly right. Yeah. And so this one we deal a lot as coaches and counselors to people and we know a lot of it is they don't mean poorly, they mean well, but they will come down on themselves with a lot of those more chaotic language things, yes. but, it's, but it's because they're relying too much on how they are feeling about it in the moment. And maybe that's just a skills thing. You know, they, that's, all they, they, that's all they think they have. So our job is to ask effective questions to start to bring that understanding to light. It's already in there, yes. but it just takes some confidence. And I often tell folks to us that every experience we've ever had gets fused with an emotion before it gets logged in our memory. That's like that movie that where the little orbs, the little characters in the brain pick up the orb. They're benign until they touch it. And then it changes the color. Well, now there's forever an emotional connection to that. So sometimes it can be useful as a reference to travel back in the, in the trail of time to get some to, get to a place in someone's origin. Say, well, who taught you that? Right. I, don't, I didn't say who taught you how to feel. Who taught you that conclusion? Well, when you felt that, what was going on? Them to the facts. Once we get them to the facts, then they start to bring order to the chaos. Then they start to understand oh, uh, my grandparent was actually this. Now it's making sense. My third grade teacher didn't hate me. She was going through something. Now I understand because that's the prerequisite for forgiveness, which is also a cognitive
0: concept, not an emotional concept. Well, and, and part of this discussion was to help people understand that, like, for instance, we, we get into relationships with each other uh, and we get so emotionally involved that we believe we are committed and we call it love. Yes. The problem is that we don't see love as an actual commitment with or without emotion. Right. because that's what it is. So we design our lives around our feelings, mm-hmm. not around our commitment, not around our choices. Right, And we marry people, we marry each other with this concept, this flawed concept that, mm-hmm. it is your job to make me feel any kind of a way, mm. my spouse's job to make me feel any kind of a way, and it's my job to make them feel mm-hmm. any kind of a way. Yes. And as soon as those feelings don't line up right anymore, I feel like I don't. I'm not bound to this relationship anymore. Yes. And the truth is that that has absolutely nothing to do with love. That is correct. And I just, I really want people to understand, especially young people, uh, or are not so young people, if you've already been married once, have already made the mistake, this is very likely a part of the root of that mistake. Yes. Is that when you were young, you got into a relationship, you devoted all this, you developed all of this emotional attachment to yourself, your feelings, that person, and then you you put all that responsibility on them and on you, and it's impossible to maintain because feelings create what? Uh, uh, Chaos. Chaos. But we allow that to be our identity. Yes. And then we stop growing.
1: One of my favorite, and it's from a book that's probably popular with a lot of our listeners, and it describes for us to love with our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. That is a progressive order. What I meet maybe that special someone, a young lady in class or or on campus, or I'm like, whoa, okay, this I don't know what this is, but something's connected. As we work that relationship through getting through, through, uh, you can call it courting. Courting is like going to court. Let's get information out there. As we learn at some point, we want to make a commitment. It could be to a profession, but it can, we're on the relationship side of things. That's the soul part. From my heart, to my soul, now I'm committed. And once I commit, call it a covenant commitment or whatever, then I start changing my mind. I start developing as a person. And then the more I develop that, the more I get stronger and stronger and stronger. Heart, soul, mind, strength. Isn't that a great passage? That same thing is designed toward loving the creator. It's also designed toward loving each other. It's the coolest thing, but it's only made more pure by the next passage, which says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And I often tell people, I said, you know, you can't give people what you don't have. That's right. You'll only give give them what you do have. So how are you going to love yourself? Go back to the original that I just read. Commit your mind to the change. Commit your mind to becoming stronger and stronger and stronger. That's order from chaos. Because if all we do is stay in the heart moment, we stay in the chaos, we never develop. Most of the time when people come in to us, they got it, it got a little ways, but they weren't fully equipped to keep developing the mind. That's what we do. That's why we ask these what if type questions. And we get them to start asking that, not in a judge the world harshly, but an inquisitive way. They're never gonna lose, they're always gonna win. Order will win the day, life.
0: So the takeaway from this discussion would would be that love and hate can't exist one without the other. Would you agree with that? Yes, I would. And then love is not at all an emotional word. However, I will say this and I hope and I believe you'll agree with me and most of you folks out there, I hope you'll agree too. It's okay to feel emotion through a loving relationship with another person. Yes. Uh, whether that be your spouse, a parent, a brother, a sister, a friend, whoever that is, it's okay to feel emotions, good and bad emotions, but they do not equate to love. And yes. your level of love is not dependent on those emotions. Right. That's the takeaway. Right. Right? That That's that risk of, of going after a need
1: rather than a want. Yes. Mm. Yes. So we, so we should embrace a little bit of chaos from time to time. It is. It takes some maturity, friends, but I don't really mind when things don't always go perfectly or swimmingly. I need that challenge. I want that challenge. And the best evidence I have sometimes is if, and if I wanna throw the hate word on it, I hate that this just happened, but what will come
0: next? Well, you hate the
1: experience.
0: Yes. You hate the experience, but you you, you enjoy or love, you appreciate yes. what you gained from it. Yes. So you love the life you you created through the quote-unquote problem, whatever it was. Yes. And that's okay. That's one of the things that gives you the ability to approach every day with a positive attitude. Right. Is if you look at it, that no matter what happens today, I'm going to gain life from the process. Yes. Whether it be a good experience day or a day riddled with what we call bad experiences, either way it goes, this day is going to produce or create better life for me. Right? Right. Absolutely. Well,
1: is there anything you'd like to add? No, I I thank you for for working these concepts with us. I mean, I really appreciate our, our, our audience. And there's been lots of things that we've discussed, but this, when you approached me with this particular subject, I thought that is ideal because we try to eliminate so many things from our life instead of embracing it. So embracing hate, chaos as an opportunity to have that love life experience. I'm not sure that we could basically espouse much more fundamental product, if you will. I don't even have a posit, posit, an ideal word for that. I challenge you with that word, but that's the way it seems to me. And, and, and I wish I would have gotten there earlier. I know we often say that people, boy, I wish I would have known
0: these things, but you know it now. Well, all this is, is a paradigm yes. of thought. Uh, and I believe, and I, teach that simplicity is elegance. And the simplicity of this is, I hope that you all will love every moment that you're given the opportunity to live. I hope that you all will approach every problem or moment of chaos or whatever it may be with love from inside of you, that you can create a situation of abundance from everything. And I appreciate all of you being with us today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Again, I'm Robbie. I'm Chuck. And thank you for letting us become a part of the pursuit of your purpose.